Wisconsin Review, Rutgers Preview, and Brutus seriously needs to hit the gym. All that and more next on Dot in the Eye with Davis and Chad. What's up, Buckeye Nation, and welcome back to Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. This is episode 44, and we are coming to you right after a nice little butt whooping that we just put on Wisconsin. 52-21 at home in the shoe. Oh, man, dude. What a game, dude. How you feeling, Davis? Uh, it's pretty much what I talked about, wasn't it? Like, I literally told you I was not worried coming into this game, and pretty much the way I felt actually came out on the field. Uh it was uh, it was over early. I mean, what, 28 nothing in the first quarter? And it realistically should have been worse than what the final score was. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's rewind it there, freaking Hoss. I just listened to our podcast from last week, today, by the way, so it is fresh in my memory. And you said, and I quote, you know, I, I don't think we're going to lose this game, but I do think it could be close coming into halftime. As a matter of fact, we might even be trailing going into halftime. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, like I said, we were going to be up 28, nothing. OK, <laughs> I was correct in the fact that I didn't have any nerves and I wasn't worried about this game. I was going to say Kimosabi. All right. That thing all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Mr. Fact Checker. OK, I bet you're real proud of yourself right now, aren't you? <laughs> I am. I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I bet you are. <laughs> Um, yeah, you owe me some after I probably threw you under the bus on the OHIO podcast. Um, well, you know what? Since you week. brought it up, I, w- I was, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I did listen to it and I, I listened to it twice. Let me have it. Let me have it. I deserve I it. I wanted to make sure that what you said about me was really what you said about me and that I didn't embellish it. You know what I mean? I was like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I didn't hear that. Let me rewind it. Oh, but you said it. I guess all these years of friendship just don't mean nothing to you. All right. <laughs> I guess so, dude. You're the guy wearing two gloves around the campfire, and I'm freezing. If you now, as I as I recall, <laughs> last episode, did you not multiple times just because you didn't agree with the way I explained my vote on if Michigan should be good or just completely demolished every year when we play them? You basically said you were going to try to find you another co-host because I apparently lived in Ann Arbor. Am, am I remembering that correctly? That is correct. Yeah, I will take that. So you can blow it out your ass. All right. All right, man, on to this Wisconsin game. <laughs> I was expecting a little more out of you there. You I was going to give like, it to you, but I have no rebuttal. I have no yeah, rebuttal of that. That yeah, did that happen. Was, <laughs> it did, and it's a little bit fair. All right. So, anywho, coming back to the game, I will at least say this, and I, I, would, I would think that the majority of the Buckeye fans that watched that game were pleasantly surprised at how quickly we came out of the gate in that game. I don't think anyone was expecting us to be up 28 nothing in the first quarter or what or you know just to begin the second quarter. Um I know I wasn't expecting it. I was expecting it to be maybe a little bit more safer play calling kind of, you know, feel the game out, you know, two tough uh de- you know offensive defensive lines, you know, kind of feeling the way through the game, maybe a couple early punts, you know, nothing crazy, but no. We come out and given we kind of bobble, you know, the opening kickoff, but we still, you know, six plays, 88 yards, you know, score a quick touchdown, make a stop, score another quick touchdown. I mean, before you know it, boom, it's 28 nothing. And I'm just sitting there like, is Wisconsin really this bad? Or are we that good? Or is it a combination of both? Dude, Needless to I say, I was definitely it's surprised. Be a combination. It's got to be a combination, dude. I mean, we are that good. Don't get me wrong. 
we are that good, but they are bad. They really are bad. And after seeing it, you know, up front, I, I just, this is not a good team, man. But I, I will tell you something I did take away from the offense. Dude, slowly but surely, I, I hate to say this, man. And some people are going to disagree with me out there. And, and that's okay, though, because it's my opinion and I get to have it. So kiss my <laughs> But here's the deal. You're cu- you're coming in hateful today. <laughs> you got you got a chip on your shoulder already. Dude, I'm going to say this. I I trust Mayan Williams more than I trust Travion Henderson. Dude, I 100% and I, I I'm completely agreeing with you. I almost really? Tra- yes. You're a Travion guy. I am. But I'll tell you what, Travion Henderson, I feel like is not I don't know how to explain it, man. I know it's not as black and white as I'm getting ready to say it, but I feel like Mayan is the better running back right now. And I feel like Mayan is also the most durable and the most reliable. I think Trayvon Henderson can bust off a run at any time, probably better than Mayan can. But with Mayan in there, he's going to fall forward every single time. He's going to get us at least two, three yards, almost seemingly almost every single time. And no matter what kind of takes he's hitting or what hits he's giving, he's getting up quick and he's back in line with See, Henderson. And that's why I chose, I chose my words a little bit careful there because I said, I trust him. I didn't say he was the, you know what I mean? I think Trey Gunn Henderson all in all is a more talented athlete. Yes. Um, but I think I just trust mine Williams. I, I think he's going to get the job done. I think he's durable. I, do I think he'll get it done. I do too. And I think in crunch time, that's who you're going to see on the field over Travion at least this year. And I'm, I feel like crazy for saying that because I know early preseason hype is, God, could we have three people in there? And, you know, C.J. Stroud, Travion Henderson, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. But, you know, and Jigba's been sidelined the last handful of games. Travion putting up decent numbers, you know, don't get me wrong, but he's not as flashy as he was last year, in my opinion, already. I mean, he already broke off a ton of big runs and showed off his speed last year. He's not really done much of that this year. Sure, he got over 100 yards last game against Wisconsin, but... You know, it was kind of, you know, chunk here, chunk here, chunk here. I didn't see anything crazy breakaway. Uh, he's not really kind of flashing, I think, his full ability this year. And it really feels like it's more Mayan's show this year, doesn't it? It does feel like that a little bit. And and you know what? I, I would have not have expected that coming into this year. I thought that Travion would pretty much take over. And I thought that, that you know, Mayan's carries would, would dwindle over time. I really did as he got more more situated and more, more, you know, into that role of being the number one guy back there. But it's been the opposite, man. Everything's about 50, 50. It really is. And to be honest, I'm, like I said, I'm just more comfortable with Mayans 50 right now. I just am. I am too. Um, and if we're going to piggyback off that, uh, the running back situation, I'm pleasantly surprised with our third string. Now that shouldn't have been playing this year, but Dallin Hayden, I mean, I'm starting to get a lot of confidence in the fact that not only in cleanup duty, but, you know, if something were to happen down the road, I am not feeling like it's going to be, you know, a massive handicap putting him in the game. So I'm pretty pleased, actually, with how the running back situation is this year, even though it's not what I expected. Uh, I still think it's really good because, you know, I know we're getting ready to talk about some of the stats, but wasn't the offense really balanced this week? It was. Do you remember last week? I know you're going to hate this. You're going to try to jam it down my throat at some point. But last week I said, you were like, hey, what's the key to this game? And I said, winning in the trenches and the secret sauce, 250 and 250. Yeah, and we pretty much did that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, and I love that, dude. That's that's what I want to see. I like that balanced attack. And I really, truly believe 
that Ryan Day, although there is times I question him, especially in the red zone, for the most part, Ryan Day has evolved as a play caller. I think he's getting it. He is. He's getting it. He's situational. He's a lot better at mixing things up a little bit. He's incorporating a tight end. He's incorporating Mitch Rossi. He's incorporating a lot of different stuff, and I like it. It's it's keeping things interesting, and I think that's gonna that's gonna bode well for us going forward. I agree. I'm definitely seeing some plays, especially under center. Uh, it's weird, you know. That's what we kind of grew up watching, and it got tiresome. And then it was exciting to see, you know, nothing but you know shotgun and spread. And it's almost kind of like gone full circle. And I'm really looking forward to see some of this power running game, you know, under center, some of the play action coming from it. Really NFL-style stuff um, that is almost kind of making a comeback. I guess kind of like how mullets are all of a sudden back in, right? You know, like well, back in the day in when world, I had a mullet, out. I thought it was – okay, that's fair. <laughs> but, yeah, so like Chad was mentioning, you know, pretty close to 50-50. I mean, we did 258 yards on the ground against Wisconsin and 281 through the air. I mean, that is almost split right down the middle, as middle as you can get. So that equated to 539 yards, and we had 28 first downs in that game, which is great. Uh, our third down efficiency continues to be exemp- uh, exemplary. Uh, we went 7 for 11 and 101 on fourth downs. We also won the time of possession. We had 33 minutes to their 27, and we kept the penalties down again. I know we still had three for 27 yards, but that's a lot better than we did the first couple games. So offensively, you know, if I had to give a letter grade, that would definitely be a solid A. I know Stroud finally threw his first pick, but I'm going to give him a little bit of a break because um, I think Ryan Day saw that as an opportunity with a minute left and being down on our own 10 to try to maybe run a quick drill. And I, I think he just tried to force something downfield that in a normal situation he wouldn't have done. Um, but besides really that, you know, the offense looked really damn good. It did. I like to see the incorporation of Cade Stover. Um, and I like to see, dude, he's just, I, I just like the way he plays. He plays with heart. Like, I feel it. Like, I feel like he's giving you his everything every time he goes up for a ball, dude. And that's just something that I can't quite explain away. Some of these guys are just so talented. It look, makes it look so easy. But for him, I just feel like he's giving you 110% every time the ball is thrown to him, dude. And I, I love it. I hope, I hope he gets, you know, at least a couple catches every game. Exciting to watch. Let me ask you this. When's the last time you can remember a tight end that we had that feels like they have this much, uh, I don't know, leadership or personality or something about the team? I mean, I know we've had some good tight ends, but when's the last one that kind of really stood out for you? I mean, I know we had Jeremy Ruckert the last few years, and he was a really talented player, uh, had a great game against uh, Clemson in the CFP semifinal, but you know, when's the last real good tight end that, you know, you kind of really felt like as a fan you kind of connected with? You know what I mean? Just for me, and I know this would be weird, but um, God, like all the way back, dude, I think back to like Ricky Dudley. Or Ben Hartsock? Yeah, well, Ben Hartsock, yeah. I, but I liked Ricky Dudley because he was a multi-sport athlete. Yeah. So that like stuck out to me, you know what I mean? But it's been a while, right? Yeah, it's been a while. Definitely. You know, I, I understand, and... Ryan Day is finally starting to utilize that tight end position. And man, that's not something I really expected much coming into this year. So imagine if we get a healthy Jackson Smith and Jigba back, and then you mix that with, you know, Ibuka, Harrison, Julian Fleming, and Cade Stover. I mean, dear God, look at the opportunities you have down the field. Someone's going to be open every single time. It's unreal, the embarrassment of riches we have at receiving the ball. 
I mean, it's not even fair. It's not even, there's not even like a, a team, like it's, we're in one tier and I feel like everyone else is below. I agree, I man. I've I don't know if I'm being a homer, but it just feels that way. No, I don't think you're being a homer because we, I've even talked about it before this, before we were, you know, when, when the season first started off, when we played Notre Dame, it was a little bit shaky at first. And I said right there, I go, hey, this offense is one of the top three in the country, if it's not the best right now today. And, you know, each week they come out, they get a little bit more diverse, a little bit more diverse, and things go a little bit better, and the machine starts getting oiled, and it starts working a little bit better. And pretty soon they're they're going to leap their way up to the top because I don't – I mean, to be honest, who, who in the country can hang with them offensively? Offense, of, offense on offense, best on best right now. What offense in the country can hang with this team? Mm, none. I, I mean, don't think so. None, and I'll be honest. I mean, I know there's some stats up there early in the year that are up there with Ohio State's, but if I'm actually watching, I mean, some of the other ones that are up there is Tennessee and Minnesota and Kansas. Those are some of the three offenses that are really kind of popping statistically at the beginning of the year, and I'll be honest, I've watched them, and they don't look bad at all, but they do not have the players Ohio State has. There's no way. And when it comes down to playing a legitimate opponent, uh, those offenses are going to start sputtering a little bit while ours shouldn't really miss much of a beat. Yeah. So let me, let me throw something at you that you kind of just brought up and it made me think about, uh, and you talk more about Ryan day's play calling on offense, how you're a lot more pleased with how more balanced and the mix of things and everything. Do you not think that he's also getting a little more creative because of his confidence that if something doesn't work, the defense is more solid this year? that he has more faith in the defense so he can be a little more relaxed with his play calling. Because think about it last year. You know, we gave Ryan Day a lot of crap for some of the play calls, right? But he's probably, you know, sitting there looking through his playbook, probably worried like, dear God, we've got to get this or I'm worried about something because if we have to turn that ball back over to, you know, and the defense has to get on the field, I don't know if they can make a stop. And Ryan Day is probably feeling a lot more confident in our defense, so therefore he's being a lot more loose with the playbook, and I think it's showing. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and I think it's a good segue, dude, because, you know, I I do agree with that. And I want to talk about the fact that, you know, a lot of people have been on there talking crap about the defense this week, about the 21 points we gave up. But I'd like to see, what you know, what are you people looking at? Dude, we had, do you realize we have six scholarship corners on the roster? Six. And only three of them were able to play. And they look One good of them's a true too. freshman. They look true good freshman. too, man. They did they look, look good. They look the better point. than our starters had. We gave up 21 points to a Wisconsin team at night in the shoe with 110,000 screaming fans and kids that have never been on the field before. Dude, what else do you want? I guess I don't and, understand. And seven of that came with once the backups came in on one seventy-five yard run. I mean, had it not been for that, it would have been fifty-two fourteen, and we would have only given up about two hundred twenty yards of total offense. Yep. So literally, seven of those points and seventy-five of their two ninety-six that we gave up, we kept them under three hundred, even with that seventy-five yard run. You know, uh, yeah. If you, that's the thing. You really find out quick who are your people that are actually watching these games, like legitimately watching them, and who are skipping through and just score watching. You know, yeah, um, twenty-one points is deceiving in that game. We were we were much better than the twenty-one points we gave up, and really it was just that one big play. The only thing I will probably knock on the defense a little bit is once a team kind of gets in the red zone and starts driving, we haven't really stopped teams once they get in the red zone. We haven't really sputtered them to getting a field goal. It kind of feels like once we get, 
you know, we give get to that first and goal, we're still not able to stop them. And that's probably the only knock I will give them. But it's really hard, you know, uh, when they got, you know, three, four plays from less than 10 yards to try to score, uh, depending upon what they're calling. But that's probably the only knock I would really give the defense. Dude, I just we're going through it on defense right now a little bit injury wise. It's got me slightly worried. You know what I mean? Hopefully, you know, I listened to Ryan Day's press conference today and hopefully we'll be getting some people back. You know, I've, I've heard Brown's going to be back. I've heard Burke's going to be back. Um, and that's where we were really thin. So, you know, the injury thing is starting to worry me a little bit. Um, but I'm hoping we get everybody, you know, back healthy at least. And we can beef up this depth chart a little bit. Dude, as far as the defense goes, man, people still have to realize, man, it's still early. We're not into the meat of it yet, man. It's still early. And you know what? If you could tell me, hey, man, this is going to be the defense that you're going to get for the rest of the season. Do I think it would work? No, I don't. But every week I see a little bit something more, a little bit something more, a little bit something more. And that's what it's all about, man. You know, t- we all know the team that you bring out there on August 31st and the first week of September is nowhere near the team you're bringing out in November. We all know that. And I'm just excited to see where this team ends up when, you know, when November comes, because I really think because I think we are going to be right where we need to be. To contend, I, I really do. I feel that way. Yeah, I mean that's that. That's a good point, and clearly, you know, that's why the playoffs and everything doesn't happen until the end of the year. I mean, you have to culminate through an entire season. Every game they play is more growth, more opportunity to gain that experience to improve. And you're absolutely right. I have seen improvement in every single game. Um, I'm seeing different uh, position groups step up and make a bigger factor in the game. Uh, we're finally starting to get our hands on the ball a bit more. Tanner McAllister is—he looked really good on Saturday. I mean, he yeah, gets a nice pick. Nice little INT, yeah. And I'll be honest, my favorite play was the defensive play he made, where we kind of were stupid there after the pick that CJ threw, and actually they had an opportunity before half to throw that long touchdown pass. And if you remember watching the play, I don't know if it was a missed coverage or they blew past the corner, but basically he had to flip his hips fast and go on a sprint for like 25 straight yards. And he gets it right when the ball appears and pops it right out of his hands. I mean, that was, I mean, not that I, you know, I was worried that the game would have been in doubt if that happened, but I mean, that was a huge momentum play. That was a huge effort play. I don't know anyone else on the team, you know, besides Tanner that I would have even trust to made that play. Maybe Ronnie Hickman, but I don't know. Tanner got there in a hurry and made a hell of a play. So uh, what, what what do you think about Tanner? I know he's, you know, the guy that came with Jim Knowles from Oklahoma State. But what have you seen from him so far that has kind of got you excited? Well, I think he's a good fit. And, and I think that uh, the prior knowledge of Jim Knowles and how he coaches gives him an extreme advantage in this defense. I really do. And I think he can be a factor. I think he's just trying to find his place, man. It's a new school. Yeah, he came with the coach, but it's a new school. It's a new scheme. Everything like that. Everything's getting installed. New athletes, new everything. But I think he could be an integral part of this defense, and I think he will. And I think he's going to see more playing time as the season goes on. Do you agree? I th- I think by him already being on the field this early on. I mean, he played but even before Wisconsin. But even seeing the plays that he's made coming in as a transfer. I mean, just because you transfer does not mean Ryan Day is going to start you. Exactly. Does not mean that you're going to get a spot. And he got in quick. And I think that's a testament to not only understanding, um, you know, the system that Jim Knowles runs, but I really feel confident that uh, he's a hell of a player. He, he's not as big as I thought he was. I guess maybe once you leave the Big 12 and you get in the Big 10, you look a little bit smaller. Maybe that's just me, but um, 
man, I, I, I'm having a lot of faith in him when he's back there. He's, he's starting to become that name that you're starting to depend upon. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, dude, I think we should move on a little bit here. Um, and but before we get into, you know, next week's game and all that stuff, I kind of want to touch on a little fan poll that we had up on our Facebook page. Um, I posed a question on there. I said, based on what you've seen so far, what do you think or who do you think poses the biggest threat to Ohio State in the Big Ten? OK, and to be honest. I kind of was a little bit surprised in the results, and I'll tell you why. Um, only three teams got votes. OK, nine percent got uh, were Minnesota. 61% with the team up north and 28% were Penn State. And I thought it was funny for a couple of reasons. Number one, pretty much all the guys that we know that podcast voted for Penn State. Most of the people voted for Michigan and just a couple of people voted for, for Minnesota. What was the percent again between uh, uh, Michigan and Penn State? 61% for the team up north and 28% for Penn State. Okay. But, dude, I just... I have to disagree with it. I'm not worried about Michigan. Michigan is getting ready to get another hole ripped in them. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that, dude. I've been saying this for weeks. You guys mark my words. Last Trust year, me, was... you've been wearing out your bleep button. Oh, my every, God. Every week, every week, you're wearing out your bleep button because at some point I'm going to get a, a bleep Michigan. Guarantee it. You're right. Dude, I think Penn State's the biggest threat to us this year. I really do. Tell me why that game is. Listen, before I tell you what I think, I want you to tell me why. Tell me why you think Penn State is the biggest threat this year. They look like the most complete team to me. Number one. Number two, I know this is weird, but I'm taking it adversely. I'm very like superstitious kind of guy. Very like, you know, don't wash your socks before game day kind of guy. And what if you don't wear socks? My whole world just came crashing down. <laughs> I know you didn't even have a response. You're like, who doesn't wear socks on game day? <laughs> but my point is, dude, the fact that we're not going to play them in a whiteout, which we're used to, we prepare for that. You know what I mean? And and I feel like that is an advantage for them. Um, but I just feel like, man, they always play us tough, and they're the most complete team, in my opinion. I think the team up north, dude, has talked too much crap. They've worn out their welcome, and I think Ryan Day's got something for him this year. I really do. I, I don't see them as being a threat. I'm actually more worried about Minnesota than I am Michigan. Minnesota's the unknown. They're in a weak side of the bracket. They have a relatively easy schedule, and they look good. And I don't know how good they really are because they haven't really been tested. So Penn State and Minnesota are my two. It, to me, it would be that. Penn State, Penn State, Minnesota, and then the team up north. What, what do you think? Uh, so I voted for Penn State as well. Um, and I did it for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned. Uh, I think Penn State looks really good this year so far. I think they have proven themselves more than what uh, the team up north has proved themselves. I mean, the first realistic opponent uh, they faced, I mean, they won by seven. And I watched Penn State go on the road, given it was not a very good Auburn team, but still, you go on the road in SEC country and you win, what, 41 to 12 or something like that. That's impressive. Um, you know, and they're a young team and sometimes young teams, uh, it's hard to gauge exactly how good they are because you don't have a lot to go off of. Uh, Sean Clifford's always a wild card. You know, uh, he has the potential to play a Heisman like game and he has the potential to come out and drop an egg. You know, if he ends up having a really good game, 
it's scary. It could be a very scary game. If he comes out and lays an egg, we, we could wallop him. I mean, it could go either way. But like you said, you know, over the past handful of years, this has been the one Big Ten opponent every year that has played us the closest on a regular basis. Um, we've blown out Michigan. We've blown out Michigan State. Um, we've blown out some of our you know cross-division rivals that we played, Wisconsin and Minnesota and Iowa and Northwestern. And all You know, we've, bl- we've blown all these other teams. Tell me the last time we've blown out Penn State. I mean, what, 2012 maybe? Maybe. 2011. I mean, we're going on 10 years since the last time we've realistically blown them out. Other than that, it's always been a two score game or less. And it's always felt probably closer than what the score actually ended up being. Now, given yeah. Penn state's only gotten us once in that, uh, in that entire time. But I mean, it's always a game that makes me nervous and that's of any team. I would rather play them at home than have to go there because I feel like, um, of all of the, the different, um, stadiums in the Big Ten, I think Penn State's probably the hardest place to play. Would you not agree? Oh my God, dude! Especially at night during the whiteout. Yeah. When they do it, and I know that we're not the whiteout this year, but I'm saying, dude, that is a as intimidating of a place as ever to play. I it mean, is, it man. It is. It's an impressive, and I have to give it to Penn State. They have a, a fantastic atmosphere. And I've told you, you know, if me and you ever get a chance to go to an away game, I would want to go to an away game uh, at Penn State in a heartbeat. I think that would be probably one of the most enjoyable experiences um, to be able to go to that uh, to that uh, stadium and experience, you know, especially if it was a, a night whiteout game. That would be just super awesome. But like you said, that game gives me nerves. Um, they are young. Do I think we're better than Penn State? Absolutely. Um, do I think we should beat them? Yes. I think we should beat everyone on our schedule so far this year, but I agree with you. That one is the one that probably makes me the most nervous. Um, I have no idea what a possible spread would be. I think we're going to catch them at a pretty decent time, uh, because we do, uh, we have records upcoming this week, which we're going to talk about. Then we go to Michigan state. Then we're on a buy. Then we get Iowa at home, which is good. And I was down this year, especially on the offense. I mean, they're pitiful on offense. Uh, and then we go to Penn State. So we're coming off a bye week, and then we get Iowa, and then we go to Penn State. So I think it's set up in a decent part of the schedule that we can hopefully come in there fresh, energetic, uh, hopefully have you know very minimal injury issues, and uh, maybe there's a very good possibility by that time. I mean, Penn State will uh, play Michigan before that game, and if Penn State can pull off that win. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a top ten, uh, almost a top five matchup, probably. I was gonna say, I think you know, as we lead up to it, we'll have a lot, a little better report card to compare to, um, right now. But I just feel like you know, it's early. We've seen flashes of teams. We've seen good and bad flashes of teams, and it's really hard to gauge everybody right now. We're just entering conference play, just starting to get to the nitty gritty of the season. So there's a lot to be seen. But for right now, you know, in the Big Ten, to me. Minnesota and Penn State are the two wild cards. I'm kind of a little bit scared of both, and I'm not really sure what I'm getting with both. So that's just kind of where I lie on that. So do you really, realistically, and not as a fan, not as an angered person from last year, do you realistically have no worries in the game this year? 55, 24 bucks. Okay. You heard it here first, everyone. 55, 55, 24. Hey, you know, I'm I'm kind of in a similar boat with you, man, because 
I can only imagine how upset and angered I am about the result from last year and how much improvement we've seen this year. And imagine if we're experiencing this, what the players feel. Oh, you know, and I've always said that. So, you know, I know there's still a lot of football between now and then. Who knows if there's some injury issues or different things can happen before that game. But, I mean, as we sit here right now, I bet if Vegas put a a line on it, we'd be favored by at least 10. Well, I'm just going to say this, dude. This is not going to be a popular opinion. But if Brutus Buckeye doesn't hit the weight room, he's not coming. (laughs) No, I'm serious. I want to say this out loud, and you out there can listen to this, okay? In 2010, Rufus the Bobcat kicked his ass in the end zone. And I mean kicked his okay, on our home field. Just whooped his ass right there in the end zone, okay? He did nothing about it. And then, of course, this Saturday, he gets hit like a rag doll, okay, across the back of the end zone by some dude in a freaking inflatable uniform. Okay, that's the second time, okay, that he, I've been just rolling my eyes, kind of finding a place to look on the wall when something happens to Brutus Buckeye. Hit the weights, bub. You're a Buckeye, okay? And if we got to throw down in Ann Arbor, I want to know that you can hold up your end of the bargain, okay? There, I've said enough. Well, I have two things. One, what kind of research did you do to come up with the Bobcat thing back in 2010? First of all, let me tell you something. I know everything about Rufus the Bobcat. 2010, <laughs> a student who quit school two weeks before, okay, before he did this because he didn't want to be a student so they couldn't throw him out of the college. He planned this ahead of time that he was going to kick his ass, and he did just that. And you know what? I give him the respect because he didn't even fight back. Brutus didn't fight back. And I've always been angry at him for that. So I'm going to tell you what, when he comes to Ann Arbor, he better be ready. I think right, I, I, I don't know why, but oddly, I feel like I remember that because it wasn't even like, like some choreographed fun thing. I think he legitimately was trying to beat Brutus's ass. He did. He, he yeah. came on the thing where they yeah, like they literally like punching him in the, in his Buckeye head as hard as he could. Trying Dude, to, <laughs> I remember the story. I think I remember they were like, that now. They said that this kid dropped out of school. Like he went, to college to be the mascot and then like dropped out of school two yeah, weeks before the game so that he that wouldn't now. get in trouble. Yeah. And he did it. That's my point though, dude, this is the second time I've been embarrassed with Brutus. So he, he needs to do something. Man. Well, the Hit second the thing, the second thing is I'm pretty sure, you know, Brutus's peripheral vision is crap. You know, <laughs> <laughs> did you see him get Molly? Oh, dude. Yeah, <laughs> dude. His, he, he's scorpioned like his head hit the ground. His legs curled up behind him. You know, <laughs> dude, my favorite was the announcer. Right? I don't think, yep, got to keep your head on a swivel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, dude, man. I'll be honest. They, they, they must have been fishing for content at that point because they, they spent way too much time on that. And it became yeah. like a thing. It was all over Twitter and everything. Like it was some big deal. I was like, dude, some guy yeah. just out there in a big old ball, just, you know, blindsided the mascot. Like, who gives a <laughs> shit? Right, you know, but oh, apparently man. it was some big thing. All right, I'm dude. just joking, but I had to bring it up, dude, because uh-huh. I I rewound that probably three or four times and watched it. Dude. Yeah, dude, it was it was pretty funny. I'll give you props. So, right, anyways, you know the poll question we finalized that. You know, I think the reason why the majority of the people that did vote for the team up north is obviously because of what happened last year and because it's all you know ultimately our biggest rival. And I get that, and I don't fault them for that. But I just feel like this year, the way it feels so far, it definitely, I feel like it's Penn State. I do too. 55, 24 bucks. <laughs> anyway. really you know what? Hold on. I want you to hold on a sec. I'm going to write this down. Write it down. You know, and I hope God I can give you props for this. Hold on a second. You 20. write that in pen too. Don't you dare use a pencil. It, 
that's all I use this pen because I don't Good. ever make mistakes. Good. That's the way I want it. <laughs> all right. I got it down. It is in pen. Plus, we can always refer back to this episode. Yeah, I know. Hopefully, I won't be embarrassed. Do not let him forget his score prediction. Like I said, I hope to God he's right. Hope to God he's right. All right. Let's get into this week's game. Uh, I don't think we need to spend a tremendous amount of time on it, but uh, we can at least focus on um, maybe if we see a matchup issue or if there's something that you want to see out of this game or some sort of expectation. I don't think there's any doubt that this will be a Buckeye win this weekend and probably a pre, by a pretty sizable margin. I believe the early spread is 39 points, but we do host Rutgers at home. Uh, 30, 3.30 game, right? 3.30 yeah. game on the Big Ten Network. Yep. And uh, I don't know. Give me your early um, reactions to what you're expecting to see this weekend. Oh, man. I think it's going to be another blowout. You know, unfortunately, I, I wish I wouldn't say it. And so, you know, Rutgers is just not a good team, dude. You know, you they, say, they barely... You, you say blowout like you're so disappointed. <laughs> like, well, to be, you know, to be totally honest, though, you know, and I know that we're spoiled in Buckeye Nation, but y- you have to agree with me a little bit on this. Dude, scoring 50, winning 55-21 is hardly exciting. It's not. In the second half, you know what I mean? Everybody's I, yes, you you don't the get the competitive... Right, your competitive juices kind of stop flowing a little bit when it gets out of hand, and then you're just, you know, wanting to see some exciting plays or, you know, see them run the stats up. But I get where you're coming from. I'm just looking at, you know, at that point, I'm looking at the second and third stringers getting in there and seeing if I can get an eye on some people I haven't been able to get an eye on, stuff like that. But as far as, like, the pure excitement for the game, it's gone, you know, in the second half. So it's kind of like, you know, I, while, you know, I know that we are grateful to be in the position to be blowing out teams like this, um, you know, I'm just, I'm kind of ready to get into the meat of the season and play some teams a little bit more on our caliber. I do not think Rutgers is one of them. They barely escaped Boston College, like I said, barely escaped Temple, and then get beat last week by Iowa. Um, team that's probably in the bottom 10 in offensive production. Yeah, I just and I still think they scored what two defensive touchdowns. I mean, the de- the offense is awful at all at Iowa. Like it's embarrassing. I do like um their receiver, the number one receiver, that Cruxshank. Yeah, um, I do think that he's a beast. Um, he's been there for like six years, hasn't he? He has. He's like thirty eight, but yeah, I don't um, even know how he's not used up all his eligibility. Reminds me of uh, God, what was his name? You know who I'm talking about, man for Wisconsin, Amadeus or. Amandaris or I don't know. I didn't do my game. homework. I didn't do my homework on that one. The uh, the receiver. I felt like he was there I, forever. I was like, yeah. man, dude. Like I was in middle school when this guy was here, and now I'm in college and he's still here. Like, what's going on? That's the that's the way everyone <laughs> felt about JT Barrett when when he played for us. You know, he's like, is he in his seventh year now? What is Aberderis, that like a redshirt, 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 redshirt senior? Like, what Aberderis. is he? That was his name. Aberderis, yes, that yeah. was him. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I do like Cruikshank. Um, I think he's a heck of an athlete. Other than that, there's really not too much impressive about Rutgers to me. Um, you know, the run game is not very good. I don't believe. Um, honestly, none of their games really good. I believe. Um, I think this is going to be another huge win for Buckeyes. I hate to sound cocky about it, but that's just the way it is. This is just kind of another obstacle. Um, I don't see in any way them sneaking up on us and doing anything to us. But I see this being a big win. And um, 3.30. A 3.30 game, dude. What in the heck are we doing? Yeah, it's another weird one. That one I definitely would expect at noon, for sure. 
But it's it's funny, you know. So we're talking about Rutgers. Uh, for those who don't know, I uh, helped fill in for a uh, for a segment on the OHIO podcast last week. And oh, one we of know. F- yes, yes. For those of you that haven't listened, if you haven't got a chance, uh, check on over and listen to them. Uh, they they run a really great show. Um, get a chance to uh, kind of listen to it from a different perspective. There are a lot more X's and O's and a little more structured than we are, but they have great content. Real good guys to listen to. Uh, but they they do a section where they talk about the power rankings. And it was hilarious because last episode, it was before this past weekend, when they did their power rankings, they actually had Rutgers at number five, the fifth best team, in, or fifth or sixth. No, seventh. I don't know. Basically, they were in the top half. I know for a fact they were in the top half because they had me comment on what I felt about the top half there. And I just said, <laughs> clear as day, you can go listen. I was like, it's Rutgers. They don't belong in the top half. They'll never be a top half team in the Big Ten. And at the time, they were 3-0. and And now, given they hadn't really played anyone, kind of skated by some teams. But, you know, I still said it's Rutgers. Uh, and sure enough, what do they do? They go play an Iowa team that's reeling, that does not look good, and get beat by two scores. So, needless to say, this game's not going to be close. Uh, I think the real question in this game is, what are the actual stats going to be? How quick are we going to get the starters out? Um, and, uh, what's the minimum score you think our defense can keep them at? So I think those are really the things that you're going to focus on in this game because everything else is pretty much in doubt. Like, you know, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a bloodbath. I don't even know a, a nicer way to put it. Like, you know, it always is every year we play Rutgers now given and that's why you do the prop bets in these games in the beginning of the year are so difficult. They are, especially because- against these opponents where you're favored by 39. Well, when I think about the prop bets though, I'm thinking to myself, that we have the starting crew in for four quarters. But that's not going to be the case. You know what I mean? And so that's kind of, you know what I mean? That's what makes it difficult, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's easier. But also at the same time, you know, when we have these bigger games, we don't ever disagree on anything. And it's, like, impossible. Like, you know, we finally get down to how many times will you catch, you know, Ryan Day picking his nose on the sideline over under at one and a half. And I'm taking know? the over. The, take- it's no... And I'm, I'm taking the under. I'm taking it's the under. It's allergy season. It is. There's a lot of boogers working their way up the pipe, dude. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the air's getting dry. Yeah. It's getting real crusty up in there. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. We're talking about boogers on Dotted. Talking, <laughs> hey. talking about boogers. Talking about boogers. But yeah, it's just back to what you were saying about, you know, kind of getting up for the game. That's my only worry. And I know the coaches hopefully, and the leaders will do a good job, but I still want them to be motivated for this game. I want them to be up for it. And I want us, this is an opportunity for us to continue to try to look as flawless as we can. You know, these are games that you are trying to perfect some things. And this is also a game where I would expect for us to come out and score, you know, Probably the first four or five straight drives, hopefully all touchdowns, you know, kind of get out to a humongous lead and then just kind of waver from there. So that's kind of what my expectation would be coming into this game. Um, and it, I'll, I'll be honest, anything else different, I guess, you know, would give me a little bit of pause. But, you know, it, it's Rutgers. So I, I just hope they kind of stay up for the game and play to the level that they probably should. You know, the one thing I'm hoping and you don't hear me say this very often is that you know, I hope we we err on the side of caution. You know, if Cam Brown's not quite ready, don't play him. Don't play him this week. You know what I mean? Like, let, let's err on the side of caution here. You know what I mean? I don't think this game could be 
can be lost by long shot. So, you know, let, let's get everybody healthy and keep everybody healthy for this big stretch we got coming up. Um, you know, th- that's what I hope Ryan Day does. That's a good point. And I'll be honest, we could put all backups in and still beat um, Rutgers by double digits um, without a single starter on the field. So I gr- I agree. Um, I understand. It's It's been pretty obvious that I think they're keeping Stroud out there a little bit longer than they probably should because I think they're really giving him a Heisman push this year they're trying to get his stats up but you gotta be you gotta be smart um i don't think there's any point in rushing and jigba back another week i definitely do not think he should play this week if he does great if they think he's ready but i don't think he should be i mean i think a great game for him to come back would be at michigan state or wait until after the bye week give him a couple more weeks uh and then come back against iowa at home um you know i think that the uh, jk and um Oh, gosh, I can't remember the other guy's name. The the two corners that came in uh, for Cam Brown and uh, uh, Burke uh, this past weekend, they they did a great job. And I would trust them to go out there and get some more experience again and continue to give those guys rest. So I'm I'm in the same boat with you that you don't need to do anything where you're getting key players hurt in a game like this and do not rush anyone back because you really don't need them. Um, I know selfishly some of these guys are going to want to play. You know, I get it. The season's short. I mean, you get limited times to really be out there. And when you're on a team like, you know, Ohio State, a lot of the times you're not getting to play a whole game because after a blowout you start getting pulled. But, you know, I, I think you're right. I think probably the key besides wanting to just look good is we need to keep them safe and make sure that we don't have any key injuries or anything stupid happen in this game. I agree. Well, dude, hit him. Hit them with the prop bets, both the ones we did do and the ones we're getting ready to do. Okay, so just as a quick recap, uh, with our prop bets, we do three every week. And we're going to keep a running overall total. It's not just who won each week, but you know you have a possible three wins each week or however you want to split it. And uh, I went two and one the first week. So Chad got one, I got two. Uh, those ones was Wisconsin total points was set at 21 and a half. We kept them at 21, so I won that yeah. one because I took the under yeah. by 0.5. I know you're pissed about that, but I was too because it shouldn't even been close. If it weren't for that 75-yard run, it wouldn't even been close. So you can complain all you want, but you know I'm gonna. I set, you I know set I'm a good gonna. line. I set a good line, and I won it. So what do you want? Uh, Wisconsin offensive yards, we set at 355. It wasn't even close. I mean, even after that 75-yard run, we still kept them under 300. Uh, the sacks, though, uh, kind of let me down. I took the over. I figured we'd get three or more. Um, definitely think I thought we would get to Graham Mertz a little bit more, but I think we only got one in that game, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, Chad got the under there, and he took the victory there. So currently I am up two to one. Again, uh, we're going to have some sort of end-of-the-year thing for whoever wins overall. Um, I still think we're going to leave that up to Facebook. Uh, I don't know what we'll do. Maybe have a poll or put a post for some different ideas, but that will be upcoming uh, probably within the next few weeks. I think it would be a good thing to do Michigan week. Let's get some interaction. Throw the poll up there. What what should the end be? Or depending on how close it is. You, you want to I mean? wait? You want to wait that long? Oh yeah. <laughs> don't ever say it to me like that again. <laughs> <laughs> you ever say another pleasurable oh yeah to me like that again like that was <laughs> dude you didn't even know how to handle it you just paused you went <laughs> i did it dude i like i feel like you're coming on to me <laughs> it sounded like the kool-aid man just got turned on Holy yeah yeah <laughs> all, all right, right man so... what do we got for this week <laughs> 
Jesus Christ. Um, this week, uh, we actually had a little bit of difficulty kind of coming up at once because like you said, these blowout games, it's hard to gauge. You don't know how long the starter is going to be in kind of anything can happen with some of these stats. Um, but we went with, uh, who's going to get more receiving yards, Harrison or Abuka. And I decided to go with Abuka because I'm thinking and hoping and Jigba doesn't play this game. They rest him more. And if that's the case, I feel like Abuka is more the go-to, for more of the targets. Harrison is more down in the red zone, scoring more. So I picked Abuka. Chad picks Harrison. So we'll have to see who gets more yards in the game. Sacks, we went with Sacks again. Uh, the Again, the over-under was set at two and a half. I took the under this time. I didn't like it, <laughs> but I took it uh, because they burned me last time. They didn't get there. And I still agree that we don't have that one definitive person that's always in the backfield. We kind of do it by committee. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's probably a pretty good chance we get over two and a half, but I took the under. So I'll be honest. Let me I'd tell rather, you why I took the over. I'd rather than be over, to be honest with you. I hope they don't go under, but I just took the under, I guess, for argument's sake. I was listening to a lot of podcasts this week on Buckeye football and people that are close to the program um, saying that, you know, basically they're being challenged. Um, you know, one of the biggest things was, you know, tackle for loss and sacks this year that they don't feel like they're holding up their end of the bargain on. So I really think that they may try to right the ship. I really think we're going to see a lot of pressure this week um, compared to last week. And that's the only reason I took that. Great. You're using insider information. This is great. You, is and great. Phil, you and Phil Mickelson should be uh, should be hitting hitting each other up. Well, I'm joining the live tour right after this. So. Yeah, sharing, sharing <laughs> stock information. That sounds great. All right. And the last one we did was... Uh, I decided to come up with a crazy one. Not really crazy. I mean, I guess with this type of game, there's definitely the possibility. But I put a wide receiver that is not a starter. So not Harrison, not Abuka, not Stover, not Fleming, um, not Njigba. Uh, any of the other non-starting um, tight end or wide receiver will catch a touchdown pass in this game. So you have Xavier Johnson, Jaden Ballard, um, G. Scott, which, you know, he's not really been much of a receiver. He's mainly a blocking tight end. But we have other possible options out there. And I'm hoping with it being a blowout and we get some backups in there and maybe early enough in the game we will still throw the ball. Hoping to see a wide receiver touchdown by someone that is not a starter. So that's what I went with. Chad says nay. So those are our three prop bets for the Rutgers game. And we'll just keep compiling them on as we go. Give me the score, dude. Oh, I forgot Give scores. Me the score. Why don't you go first? Go first. I want to hear what you got first. Oh, man. See, this is the one like I talked about, dude. It's so tough. Okay, but because if I'm giving you like the score that I really think or if I'm giving you like the score. Now, like, you, you, you bitched at me last year for doing the same thing. I know. When but I said, listen, if they play really well, this is what the score should be. But I guess the safe score is and then you got up. No, just give me a damn score. What do you think? God, okay. I'm going to go 55-13. 55 13 bucks. 55 13. So you got a 42 point win. So you do have have us covering the 39 point spread, correct? Yes, I do. That is correct. And I wouldn't be okay. surprised if it's more. Now, they could also score more, but I think I think we'll still cover the spread no matter what. Okay. Um, I'm going to go on the same boat. Uh, I do think it's really hard to keep a team um, you know, under a certain number of points, especially during a blowout, because not only are you constantly giving the ball back to them, but 
you know, the sooner you blow a team out, the quicker you're putting backups in to protect your starters. Um, I got it more like, I think, you know, pretty close on what you have, but I'm going to go 59-21. So I have it as a, I have it as a 38-point win. Uh, I guess technically that's not covering the spread, but once it gets up there close to that 40 number, I think the spread's almost irrelevant in regards to, I mean, unless you're betting money, I don't, I don't know anyone that really, that really bets money on 40 point spreads, but you just, you realize what you just did. I never said we would cover the spread. You said, I, never said I one think way or the technically other. it's not covering the spread. No, not technically. It's not covering the spread. God damn. I knew it. Someone get him a Michigan Jersey. I'm tired of this. Dear God. Are we on this again? Here we go. Here we go. Listen, if I, if I lived in Columbus, I would drive over to your house and kick your ass right now. Just for saying that. Well, don't bring Brutus with you. Cause I can take him. I'm sure of it. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh, we're getting, I think I think we're getting slap happy. I think I think we've gone past <laughs> oh, yeah, past yeah. common sense at this point. But either way, we have it as a big Rutgers win this weekend. Um, I definitely think we're going to be able to put up points with ease. Uh, I think the defense should still play really well. Uh, I would not again be concerned just by looking at how many points we give up. Just watch them play. For God's sakes, if you're not someone that really watches the game, watch them play. Hopefully, if you're listening to us, you're someone that watches the game. And if you have been, then obviously you would agree with us that the defense definitely looks improved, uh, looks much better. Uh, I don't see anything different happening this weekend. No, me either. But hey, real quick, um, before we sign off here, I just want to thank everybody for getting on and doing the fan poll. We really appreciate the fan interaction and you guys helping us out when we post stuff like that. Um, I appreciate it. It makes it more fun, makes it more interactive. So, you know, shout out to everybody that took the time to vote for us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, repeat what Chad just said. Uh, you know, ultimately we we did this because this is something we enjoy doing. But, you know, we really do enjoy enjoy doing this for the fans and the people that listen, the people that share our fandom for Ohio State, too. You know, um, there'd be no reason for us to start a podcast if there wasn't an audience out there to listen to it either you know it would just be me and chad talking on the phone every night so uh we definitely do appreciate everyone that has been listening has been more uh, interactive with us um you know we're not really sure where we're going to end up moving forward uh how much bigger this thing can get but we just know we really enjoy talking about ohio state football hopefully you guys enjoy listening um if you haven't uh, caught us already, you can still catch us on all of the major uh, streaming platforms. That's iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Spotify, and more. Um, we have a Facebook page. That's where we do a lot of our interaction. And we also have Twitter as well. So if you want to reach out, feel free to do so. Um, but I guess until uh, this weekend, we will uh, do our post game and our um, uh, Michigan State preview next week. So uh, hopefully everyone enjoys the game this weekend. and. Until then, go Bucks. OH.